More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome, everybody. Monday edition of Clay and Buck kicks off right now. We've got a lot to talk about. It is quite a day on the immigration front. The U.S. Senate, I guess the only Senate we've really been talking about, releases a draft of a $118 billion bill. What is the breakdown and what is, beyond just the dollars and cents, what are some of the provisions that are in this bipartisan Senate? Uh, it's not just a border bill. It's an Israel and Ukraine and U.S.-Mexico border bill. And if you're wondering, what do those things have in common? Yes, very important question, and we will address that in a little bit. Plus, uh, the U.S. kills an estimated 34 Iran-backed militants. Uh, in in Iraq after that strike on the U.S., the drone strike on the U.S. base in Jordan. Uh, New York City is handing out $53 million in prepaid credit cards to, quote, migrant families, uh, which is a, a remarkable way to try to bring down illegal immigration, D- truly, literally giving out free money to people, just giving out money. Why not? Give them prepaid credit cards. Uh, Abbott, Greg Abbott of Texas gonna tour the border with 14 other governors. And we've got, uh, more here to dive into as well. But Clay, I, I think biggest thing we're looking at today, biggest thing right now, the breakdown of this border bill. A lot of people, they could have, there's so much here. They could have shown us some of this. It's a, almost 300 pages, I think. It's a roughly 300 page bill. They could have released, 370 pages, I think. They could have released this uh in advance so that people would be able to see no what they did was tell us things aren't in it that are they tried to prepare the battlefield in advance with propaganda to convince people things are true that are not the part of this that i think is the hardest for a lot of well actually no there's a lot of parts of it that are hard to swallow for the uh, american public but at least anyone who's paying attention 60 billion dollars for ukraine Remember, I said in February of 2022 
that we're going to end up spending a trillion dollars on Ukraine. I think that's very much where we're going to end up. Sixty billion for Ukraine, fourteen billion for Israel, and twenty billion for border security. Let, let's start with this one, Clay, because I think the most obvious question is. Why is it that more money is being spent on Ukraine than our border? And also, why are these things tied together? Yeah, I think this is the, this is the ultimate screw you to anybody who believes that we should be focused on America right now. And I think you can break all these down individually and you should have votes on them all individually. For instance, it seems that there is a consensus right now that Israel does deserve American support. I believe that there has been in the House a bill passed that would give Israel around $15 billion in support as they are defending themselves against Hamas and as the ongoing process in Gaza plays itself out. I think most Americans are in favor of that right now. The House has already passed it. Um, the, the border bill is... It's unbelievable how bad it is and that Biden would suddenly show up in 2024 after eight or nine million illegals have entered into the country and try to get a new bill done, which doesn't really change the existing dynamics. It would still allow millions of people to illegally enter the country. Uh, the 5,000 a day uh, shutdown of the border. Why don't we just shut down the border before anybody gets here? I mean, that seems like the very logical proposition. And then all of this money for Ukraine, and and what I would come back to again and again on this, Buck, is I don't understand the argument in favor at this point of us giving hundreds of billions of dollars more to Ukraine. And Mike Lee had a great tweet, uh, the senator from Utah. We're giving Ukraine in this bit budget bill, uh, this bill, the border bill, everything rolled in together that just came out in the Senate, Buck. We're giving Ukraine more money than we spend on the United States Marines every year in the United States. And this is not talking about all the money we've already given me, given them. That was a wow moment for me. I believe the Marine budget, according to Mike Lee, $53 billion a year. This bill would give Ukraine $60 billion. So we are giving Ukraine just in this bill alone more than we spend on the United States Marines Every year in the United States. That was a wow moment for me. And, to, and Buck, this is key. And you and I, I think, have been driving this point home for some time as it pertains to Ukraine. There is no threat beyond Ukraine. Vladimir Putin is not going to invade another country. Now, you can believe we should provide uh, support for Ukraine. That's fine. But the argument of if we don't do this then Putin is like Hitler, and he's going to storm into another country and take that too. No, no, that is not going to happen. That has not been a logical argument from the start. Again, you can argue you want to support Ukraine, but that we have to do it because otherwise Putin is Hitler is not a sales point, is not a pitch that I think makes sense. So here we have, uh, you mentioned this in the bill, the secretary shall activate the border emerge, I'm reading from the bill, the border emergency authority if during a period of seven consecutive calendar days, there's an average of 5,000 or more aliens 
who were encountered each day, or on any one calendar day, a combined total of 8,500 or more aliens are encountered. Um, th- this is saying, okay, look, we can basically handle 2 million of these illegals a year, and that's the way it's going to be. This is the compromise position. I mean, my math is a little off there, but uh, this is the compromise position that supposedly Senate Republicans and Democrats have worked out. And also, uh, if you look at another – so they're basically saying you're allowed to have – 5,000 a day or up to 5,000 a day, which is a, which is a ton. Um, right now it's more like eight, nine, 10,000 a day, but it's still far too many to have 5,000 a day. The real way to handle this is to say no illegals. How about that? No, no more people coming into the country illegally, full stop. And the president needs to take that action. Now Biden won't do it. We understand that, but the next president could. And that's the only way to really start to turn this thing around. Also, they say, Clay, that the United, this, this, this got a lot of attention. The United States District Court for DC shall have sole and original jurisdiction to hear challenges, constitutional or otherwise, to the validity of this section or any written policy directive, written policy guideline, etc., under the secretary to implement this section. So they want the DC circuit to be the ones to determine solely whether what DHS does under this authority is constitutional. That should be concerning because D.C., unfortunately, is overrun with left-wing activist judges. Uh, but the whole thing is a its a disaster on every level. And for anyone who doesn't see that, Joe Biden saying this is great. So the guy who has let in 7 million illegals already by removing all of the Trump policies that were stopping this massive flow is now saying, you know what, I like this Senate bill. This has got some good stuff going on. I think that tells you all you really need to know. I think an easy answer that I would love to hear from Joe Biden is, why in 2024, and obviously the answer is because an election's coming, and of all the issues that are out there, Biden is underwater more on this one than any. Trump has, Buck, I believe it's a 35-point lead right now on who would handle the border better in an NBC News poll that came out over the weekend. And so this is an attempt, I think, quite clearly to muddy the waters and try to argue, oh, sure, immigration's an issue, but we tried to fix it and Republicans refused. We passed a bill. We tried to get bipartisan immigration reform. I'm just telling you exactly what his argument's going to be in 2024, and he's going to try to uh, push Hmm some of the blame for the disaster onto the Republican Party. And, and I think the politics of this are are critical to keep in mind because the only check on this madness is to take power out of the hands of people who have done this when it comes to, we have an open border, okay? People who say we don't have an open border are living in a fantasy land or they're lying to you because all you have to do is show up and say, I want asylum, I'm scared to go back to my home country. Now, there are some provisions, for example, in this bill that are repetitions of existing law, which I guess they just didn't figure that out. For example, you know, as, as part of the credible fear screening process for migrants at the border, they have to ask them, did you try to get asylum somewhere else first? Well, guess what? That's already the law. None of the people who are coming here transiting through Mexico, because they're not Mexicans, by the way, I mean, very, very few of them, none of the people who are coming from the rest of the world have a legitimate asylum claim as they pass through Mexico from whatever other, whatever other country they're from, unless they've stopped in Mexico and tried to get asylum first. That's just one one place where the law is being ignored on this. 
Uh, so the, the bill, I think, is every bit as bad as we all anticipated it would be. It effectively allows the catastrophe to continue as a matter of law at a slightly lowered level, but not even really. Um, and I think that there needs to be accountability. Why, in the last year of Biden's term, why are we going to let them salvage their numbers and, and cr- construct a narrative that all of a sudden they're, they're serious about this? I mean, Clay, it's like they've let the house flood, you know, already two feet. And now they're saying, well, we'll stop the last six inches because we take this seriously. It's outrageous. Yeah, and we should mention, if we didn't already, that the Speaker of the House has said this bill is dead on arrival and they're not even going to allow a vote in the House. But that would suggest that there are the votes to pass it in the Senate, which is, I think, frankly, pathetic. Um, and there should be 40 Republican senators, given the fact that there are ostensibly 49 Republican senators who would stand up against this bill being able to be passed. I can't believe that any Republican would be in favor of this. And, again, just look at the basic math of it. Um, they're basically locking in 2 million illegals a year forever, right? And uh, and And so, admittedly, when things are bad, a decision to confirm forever some of the awfulness is not an improvement. And so I don't understand how any Republican could be looking at this and saying, oh, this makes a lot of sense. This would solve things. If anything, this would write into law some of the awful failure at the border and actually embolden Biden to maintain that going forward. And make Republicans complicit. Correct. The, the, the border disaster is an entirely Democrat creation. Get ready for all the ads. Trump, his team, they're going to be running them. Biden pulling back everything that Trump did as soon as he came into office. He, tr- <laughs> he tried to freeze for deportations. He got rid of Remain in Mexico. All these different things. Everything that Trump was doing to help control the border wasn't perfect, but it was getting a lot better. Everything that he was doing. Biden pulls out right away, pulls pulls away and says, we're not doing that. And now we're going to be at eight million. I mean, think about that alone. Hey, vote for me, guys, because the other guy let eight million illegals pour into the country, threatening to bankrupt the budgets of places or you know bankrupt cities because of the budgetary stresses like New York and Chicago and, and others. They can't handle this. And all you have to do is say the other team did this. They chose this. Senate Republicans are going to come along and say, you know what? We're going to work with them to try to fix things in the election year. I, it, I don't know if it's intentional, uh, malpractice, uh, if they're being obtuse on purpose, if they just want the donor checks to keep flowing. But the notion that this is good politics to me is crazy. It's crazy. I mean, they've already let in about seven million. What we're going to, we're going to hand them a political win so they can slow it down to half a million instead of a million in the final stretch. Why? It's it's madness, and I, I'm just disappointed how few people seem to understand this and are basically going to give Biden at least an argument that he tried to solve the border and Republicans wouldn't do it. I don't think it's going to work, but I think everybody needs to prepare themselves for that is the argument he's going to make over the next nine months as we sit exactly nine months right now from Election Day, Buck. That's amazing how fast this is uh, coming up, and... Something else is coming up really fast, too. The big game, everybody. We are less than a week away. So if you love playing fantasy sports, take the sports action to the next level with prize picks. 
number one daily fantasy sports app. I'm really into it now. I mean, I've been using it for weeks, and it's a lot of fun. And uh, one thing I know, I've learned, Clay, I'm better at picking tennis scores than I am, or tennis stats than I am at football. But that's why you're here, buddy, because this big game, we got to come away with a big with a big W here in terms of the picks that we're going to make. Because you can turn ten dollars into two hundred and fifty dollars. The prize picks. Just select two or more players, pick more or less based on their projection, place your entry. They've got one obvious pick this Sunday. Uh, this Sunday, will Patrick Mahomes pass for more than one yard on Sunday? I'm I'm feeling confident about that one. So, very good. You should be very confident about that one for sure, Buck. Thank you. I'm learning. Yes. Prize Picks has quick withdrawals, a huge selection of players. Clay, when are you giving us like the the the, the Clay Travis Super? When picks do you here? think I should do it? Should I do it on Thursday or Friday? I will be in Vegas for the Super Bowl. I get out there. I'll do the show Thursday and Friday. What's the better tease? I, I think you do Friday. I mean, sorry, Thursday, so then you can reiterate on Friday and make okay, that's sure a good idea. Their picks aligned. Yes. Or if they want to go against you, so then they can have bragging rights and write you emails making fun of you afterwards. That's a good point too. They'll know about it. Yeah. So go to Prize Picks for uh download the Prize Picks app. That's the way to do it. Download the Prize Picks app. Promo code Buck. Prize Picks app. Download it now. Get ready for the big game on Sunday. Promo code Buck. Stay on top of election use with 24 from Clay and Buck, a weekly podcast you can find on the free iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose Podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, this idea of what, do, is that is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. 
Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. I want to give a shout-out to my tech team, Katie, who has been with me for 10 years now, has a six-month-old baby. The camera is not working. <laughs> it's not a joke. Camera is not working on my end. If you are a VIP, we are efforting getting the camera fixed. Usually the IT guy in the Travis household is my wife, uh, who, uh, my wife, Laura, who we refer to, I, I refer to as IT guy anytime there's issues in the house, like for her to figure it out. I'm not even kidding about this. L- Laura, Katie Laura, is second. Laura exudes like a certain competence where I yes. don't think she's a surgeon, but if she's like, Buck, I got to do a tra- tracheotomy on you, I'd be like, I think I'm going to come out okay. I think. I think she, yes, she does. She is like, uh, her dad's an engineer. She got those genes. She is very competent. She is number one on the family IT. Katie is number two. I, I'm not sure if I'm above the boys. Like some of the boys are far more skilled technologically than me, but they're not that helpful because they would rather just play video games. Um, so Laura's one, Katie's two and Katie has a six month old baby and she uh, brings him by the house, but she just said, I got to go check, <laughs> check on the baby right now. So, uh, so we do not have live camera feeds right now. Buck, speaking of, uh, of the opposite of competence, which would be me when it comes to IT, because all I do is turn it off, turn it back on. We need to mention South Carolina had a primary. No one showed up to vote in the Democrat primary. And I've got a concern that I'm going to share with you over the course of this show. I think they're setting up a rig job to try to flood Democrats in the Republican primary here in a couple of weeks to try to embarrass Trump and prolong Nikki Haley's campaign look while allowing her to continue to drain money from Trump. If if you were a soulless individual working to help the Democrats continue to destroy America and prevent the ascension of a Republican who can turn things around, wouldn't that be the strategy you would use in South Carolina? That's the way you have to think. That's 100% the way you have to think, and that's why that was my immediate reaction when I saw these numbers come in and no one was showing up. To vote for uh, for Biden, I thought, uh-oh, we've got a real uh, rig job going on. Speaking of the opposite of a rig job, great offer for you right now at MyPillow. They're saying thank you for all the products that you bought through the show for 2023. They're giving you incredible offers, whatever you want, whether it's mattress toppers, whether it is uh, obviously the iconic MyPillow uh, itself, whether it is shoes like the My Slippers that my wife absolutely loves. They've got a huge sale now that you can take advantage of by going to MyPillow.com using the code Clay and Buck. You click the upper right-hand corner radio listener specials. Boom. You can find a bevy of incredible offers just in time for Valentine's Day. Maybe there's something out there that you could take advantage of for one of your loved ones. Go check it out at MyPillow.com, code Clay and Buck. These governors are rallying around Texas to support our ongoing right to self-defense uh, and and the deployment of this razor wire that has led to uh, a, a massive reduction in inflow. Maria, get this. Uh, the area where we uh, have, have occupied this park in Eagle Pass, Texas, that we put up the razor wire, uh, there used to be 3,000 or 4,000 people crossing that area a day. Uh, for the past three days, we've averaged just three people crossing that area. The point is, if we put up resistance, we show that we can secure the border. Joe Biden should not be stopping that. You would think if they were passing a, trying to pass a Senate border bill, with which Biden is already saying is great. He's already telling you that he thinks it's a great border bill. 
you would think if they actually wanted to control the situation and have fewer illegals at the border, they would want all the help they can get. So why do they do things like tell Texas, stop putting razor wire down, we're going to remove it? You can't assist us. This has long been the case in California, I should know. When I was at the, uh, you know, as I was, I was in San Diego County at the Tijuana border crossing and they said that California state law enforcement, this border patrol told me this is years ago, will do nothing to help border patrol. So, you know, state troopers, local cops, they're not allowed. As a matter of policy, they will do nothing to help at the border. And that is because Democrats. That is now played out at the federal level, not just at the uh, state level in a Democrat uh, enclave like California, where they want the illegality to continue, but they want to pretend that it it's something they try to stop. Um, and I, I give a hat tip here to our friend Ryan Gerdusky, who in his uh, National Populist newsletter, he had this, Clay. The DOJ has published a chart showing how many illegal aliens are no-shows for their removal proceedings. In 2023, 159,000 didn't even show up for their immigration hearings. Okay? That's a record. Now, that might sound like that that's not that big of of a number, but understand that those are only the people that actually made it to a... meaning that their proceeding number came up. There's still millions in backlog, and a vast majority never even show up, which means, Clay... They are all, at that point, no longer asylum seekers. They are full-blown illegals. And the millions of people who are part of the backlog, they are going to be full-blown illegals in the sense that they're not going to show up, they're not going to get asylum. But if they aren't deported, the whole scheme works. So this whole thing is premised on, uh, you know, it's almost like people not showing up for their trial when they're on bail, and they're saying, hey, I, all I want is a fair trial. And you go, okay, we'll let you out on bail, and then they don't show up. And then, and that's just the way they're scamming the system, and this is happening at an unprecedented level. Buck, I gotta confess something. Every now and then I learn something new, and this is something that I learned in the last few months. Were you aware that for census purposes, illegals are counted? Yes, for, for purposes of congressional. I mean, this is, to me, and I bet a lot of people out there listening to us, I'll be honest, I was ignorant of this fact. I just, I'd never had really sat down and thought about it until the last few months. There needs to be a deep dive done on how many congressional seats Democrats are adding that they would otherwise not have in the House based on illegals being counted as part of their districts. And for people out there who don't really immediately like the light bulb doesn't go off, I don't, what is it a buck around? 750,000 people is in each congressional district. I think that's the number right now, and obviously it gets adjusted on each Senate. I'm uh, sorry, on each census. So if you have now, we know, 8 to 10 million that have come in just under Biden, and you figure there was at least another 10 million plus before that, you're talking about 8, 10% of the overall census numbers in Democrat districts overwhelmingly that are giving them the ability to represent districts potentially that they would otherwise not be able to represent. These are Democrat-located individuals who are giving Democrats more power even if they're not technically able to vote. I didn't know this, and I think there are a lot of people out there who don't know that either, 
it seems crazy to me that you should get to count for purposes of our census representation in congressional districts if you're not eligible to 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 vote and you're here illegally. Well, did you see did you see some of uh the owner of X, Elon Musk, some of the uh hullabaloo over the weekend was over Elon Musk's comments on illegal immigration specifically. I mean, people were looking at this. People were uh, were having a lot of commentary. I'm trying to pull it up right now as, as I'm speaking to you. But basically, Elon is saying stuff like, well, first of all, he recognizes this is a fraud. Uh, he, he shared Greg Price's tweet where he says not only Elon shared this from Greg Price, not only does this bill codify 1.5 million illegal border crossings into law, but the border emergency that automatically gets implemented at 5,000 crossings can be overturned by Joe Biden. Yes. So the president can actually just say, you know what? It's not an emergency anymore because I, I say so. And uh, Elon also said this. This was a tweet that got a lot of people angry. The long-term goal, this is from his, his ex account, the long-term goal of the so-called border security bill is enabling illegals to vote. It will do the opposite of securing the border. Okay, this is where I, I really also get frustrated, Clay, because all these people go, but illegals aren't allowed to vote. For two things. First of all, yeah, legally, but they're illegals, so maybe they're going to vote anyway, but that's a whole other conversation, meaning that you know, once you've broken the law in a few ways, it's more likely you'll break more laws. They're, they won't prosecute any illegals for voting unless they do it in large enough numbers they get caught. And the other, but the other more important part of this is, yeah, the whole plan for Democrats is an amnesty. Yes. And anyone who thinks that they're going to amnesty all these illegals and not give them and not constantly push for voting rights after the amnesty is delusional. I mean, that's fantasy land stuff. Well, and what they say is if you even suggest that, that is like somehow unacceptable within the American political discourse. That's the immediate attack. Oh, this is a, super racist white replacement theory idea someone explain to me what else is going on here if you have 20 million illegals in the country what is the solution other than at some point you believe they should be able to be citizens because one solution which is what the trump side is saying is that and they're saying this and i if they actually do it it will be remarkable to see They're saying, hey, if you're here illegally, we're going to deport you. And Stephen Miller has said on this show many times, we will deport millions of people who should not, do not belong in the United States. And that would be a substantial alteration to the policy now. Is there a single Democrat that you've heard, Buck, who would support the deportation of millions of illegal immigrants right now? Have you seen any Democrats advocating for that? If they don't, then their position is what? 20 plus million illegals that we know of, maybe higher than that, who knows what the actual number is, should just be able to stay here forever? I mean, there is no solution that they are offering. And meanwhile, as you mentioned, in this current border bill, they're basically into law setting up where they would easily be able to bring in 2 million more illegals a year. Remember, in the final year, I believe I'm correct in this, Buck, of the Trump administration, there were only three or four hundred thousand people who crossed illegally into the United States. So we are now codifying five times that number for perpetuity. To be fair, 2020 was a 
a, a weird year for borders. Okay, but even even in down. like yes. 2019 uh, and 2018, I think the average was like yes. 600,000. But there should be no codifying of any level of illegality. I mean, this would be like saying, you know, hey, once once there's like a few thousand fentanyl dealers in Chicago or New York or whatever at you know at large, then we start making arrests. No. We, the whole point is you're breaking the law. You should have the enforcement of the law for every case that they possibly can. That's it. There's not this, oh, well, 5,000 a day is fine. The whole notion is absurd. And all this does, as I've said, is make Republicans complicit in this. And, and you look at this, you say for members of the Senate, what are they doing? What, I, the I don't senators, get it. you know, Langford and Oklahoma and others that are obviously Mitch McConnell. But what do they think the American people really want to see happen here? Some some bill that doesn't accomplish anything worthwhile, but makes the Republicans complicit in the border disaster in an election year. Why would they do that? Uh, not only that, as bad as the border is, Buck, sixty billion dollars to Ukraine, which is not ideal, um, which is more than than the Marines cost every year in the United right. States. Well, to, to be fair, the Marines, you give them like a rusty screwdriver and, <laughs> you know, a broken glass bottle and they'll take the hill. Like they, they like, you know, they, they, they get a lot done with very minimal budgets. But yes, it's a very, uh, it's a very, uh, interesting way to line up what our priorities are in this country. Um, we're, for, but, we're $35 trillion in debt, Buck. Basically adding a trillion dollars every eight or nine months is the, is the way the tally's going right now. And we're going to spend a hundred, we're basically borrowing over a hundred billion dollars to give to others while also, also embedding all that cost. Why are these things tied together at all? Yeah. yeah. Why can't we? Let's see who wants to fund sixty billion dollars of Ukraine. It is so dishonest. It's all just a, a CYA maneuver. It is meant to uh, create an inability for there to be electoral accountability. And that's why they tie these things together. So then when you're running for re-election and you want Republican base voters to come out for you, etc., you go, oh, well, I wasn't for the Ukraine stuff. I was just for the border stuff. Yeah. But you're getting I, the border funding through. I mean, the uh, Ukraine funding through. And I, look, I'm also... Why It is a fair question why we're giving so much money to Israel. I mean, give it, give them our backing, sure, what is we're we're funding Israel's fighting against Hamas? I mean, Israel's a wealthy country, so that's that is a conversation that people should be willing to have. I back but them at least on an individual in basis, we can have that, right? To your point, break up Israel, break yeah. up Ukraine, break up border, Why and allow are they people tying to vote things on together all that have nothing to do with each other. It's so they can't be held accountable, and everybody gets to give their little piece of the pie to their constituency, and that's not the way this is supposed to work. And by the way. I don't understand. Who are the Republicans that support this border bill? I don't mean like the elected Republicans. I don't see anybody supporting this, right? Like the actual constituency. Are you telling me that Mitch McConnell's constituents in Kentucky support this? There's no way that's true. We know Oklahoma doesn't because they just censured Langford, I think, if I'm not mistaken, basically saying, what in the world are you doing selling uh, the people of Oklahoma like this on something they don't support? I know it can sound. Do we have a little a little fellow? Yes, in there? that is a there is a six month old James is in my uh, studio right now, rolling around on the ground. So this, uh, this is great. Now, now yeah, you've got he, the Clay and Buck show where you hear babies and puppies in the background. <laughs> Never know so. who you're going to hear on the show. Um, but look, there's also not a day that goes by without someone speculating on how artificial intelligence AI is going to disrupt or enhance one industry or another. The impact that AI is having all around us is 
profound. But so are the opportunities to realize a positive return as an investor if you know what you're doing. Tech expert Colin Tedards believes this is the beginning of a new era that could make you rich. Colin has been watching the markets with rapt attention. When the stock market hit rock bottom at the end of 2022, he recommended shares of a top software company that is up over 200% since then. And anyone who listened had a chance uh, to more than double their investment in less than a year. He's now recommending a new AI company that he says could do even better. And he says he's found a way for you to profit from this new AI project. To learn more, go to go online to newaiproject.com. That website, again, is newaiproject.com, paid for by Brownstone Research. 24 Clay and Buck's weekly campaign cliff notes. Episodes drop Sundays at noon Eastern on the free iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left wing media spin listen to armstrong and getty on demand on america's number one podcast network iheart open your free iheart app and search the armstrong and getty show to start listening more than a movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast and this time with a lot more movies i'm your host alex fumero and each week i'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies from the godfather andy garcia he has the smarts of Vito, the temper of sunny the warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, from this idea of what, do, is that is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back into Clay and Bar. Clay is on babysitting duty right now, so he had a... Little tiny baby in his lap there for a moment, so I had to, I had to jump in, make sure we kept this radio show on on the tracks here, buddy. 
The baby couldn't be any cuter. So very, very nice. We, we, yeah. like I said, the big tech team is, uh, is, is at work here to work on the, uh, the camera situation. But in the meantime, James is six months old. So, uh, he's about as cute as a baby can be. Well, so, what is it uh, that made our parents both decide that we would have different first names? Your name is Richard. My name is James, but we go by Clay and Buck respectively, which are our middle names. My mom, uh, if she's listening right now, decided that I was named after my two grandfathers, uh, Richard Fox and Clay Travis. And she thought Richard Clay Travis sounded better than Clay Richard Travis. So I've always gone by Clay, but she liked that, uh, the way that I described it. And then there's so many people in the South. It's not really uncommon at all in the South to go by your, uh, your middle name, but I, I've always been Clay. Uh, but she thought Richard Clay sounded named after my two grandfathers better than Clay Richard. So that was her, that was a mom decision. Mama Travis made that decision. What about your mom? I, I think it was very similar. I think there was some, you know, I've got family from, uh, from Virginia and my grandfather once I was born in South Dakota. So, you know, we've got some, we got some things spread around. That's, I don't really know. I got to ask the parents how they came up with that one. I will say, Buck, when we come back to the top of the next hour, so we've got a couple of minutes here. I want to set the table and I want to hear from people in South Carolina. A lot of people saying, oh, look how big of a win Joe Biden had. There's the talk, oh, look, uh, Biden, black voters showed up in a big way in South Carolina. James Clyburn will play all that for you. But the numbers are actually tiny. In fact, Joe Biden got less votes in 2024 than he did in a contested primary in 2020. And only 25% of the electorate showed up in South Carolina compared to what happened in 2020, Buck. So my question for everybody out there, there has been talk that Democrats are encouraging people to hold off and go vote in the Republican primary. And I think South Carolina is similar to Tennessee, where I don't know how it is uh, in Florida, Buck, but on March 5th, when Super Tuesday is here and I go vote in the uh, primary, you walk in and they say, do you want to vote in the Republican primary? Do you want to vote in the Democrat primary? You just tell them. And you can go vote in either one. Uh, for instance, in 2020, I went and voted in the Democrat primary to vote against Bernie Sanders. <laughs> because at that time, there was still uncertainty. And uh, and we knew there was no opposition for Trump. So I think I voted for Bloomberg, uh, if I remember correctly, in the 2020, you know, project chaos, so to speak, of the uh, of the primary season. I feel like the fix may be in. That there may be a ton of people and they're going to show up and vote for Nikki Haley and they are going to argue based on the results. Oh, look, there's actually a huge amount of support for Nikki Haley. It's actually just Democrat voters who didn't go vote in that primary and instead waited to go vote in the South Carolina Republican primary. Do you buy it? South Carolinians, give us a call 800-282-2882. We will discuss that. Also, NBC poll that is out, Buck. That is devastating for Joe Biden nine months from Election Day and March 4th officially off the calendar in terms of the Jack Smith case in Washington, D.C. We told you that was coming on Friday after we finished the show. It became a reality officially. And Biden's classified woes perhaps laid bare for everybody in a report that may come out. He's not going to face any charges. We all know that. But he may look like... Mr. Magoo left the classified in the solarium with the candlestick or whatever. Like, it's not going to look good. I'm they were by my... the Corvette, Buck. They were safe. No, that's right. Because you put all your most valuable things in the Corvette in the garage. 
More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening.